Hi, I'm Matt Janssen, and you're listening to the BRFCS podcast. York Rovers would like to welcome you to the BRFCS.com podcast, covering the 2019-2020 Blackburn Rovers Championship campaign, hosted by Ian Herbert and joined by some very special guests. Don't forget to check out the forum here at BRFCS.com to continue the discussion. Oh, so, wouldn't you know it, we've bumped into Tony Mowbray once again. Tony, how'd you take your brew, mate? Yeah, it's basic really, tea, milk, two sugars, in the two-guy mug. The two, what, two, what, what mug? Well, I've got a two-guy mug, lad. It was on my desk when I arrived, and it's been the only mug that I'll drink tea out ever since at the football club. Where, where did you get your hands on that? Well, where do you think? You know, the terrace store, of course. Plus, as manager of Blackburn Rovers Football Club, working here at Brock Hall on the training ground, I've managed to secure all the podcast listeners an exclusive discount at checkout. Oh, that's that's brilliant. What, what What's the code, then? you just got to enter BRFCS at checkout. Oh, that, that is fantastic, Tony. Thank you very much. But remember, only Tony drinks out of the two-guy mug. You'll have to get yourselves a sheer one. Oh, well, no complaints there. I'm very pleased to have with me as a guest uh, John Murray from the Rovers Trust, uh, and I think a, a number of Rovers fans will be familiar with the Trust, but I was interested to find out really what had happened to the Trust, and I saw that there had been a marketing prospectus issued, and so I thought, well, there's no better way of finding out than getting John on the podcast. So, uh, John, welcome to the BRFCS podcast. Thank you. I am a loyal member of BRFCS. Good for you, sir. Good for you. So, 2020 is, is upon us. This is the 10th year of Venki's reign. I'm interested to hear from you. What's the role of the Trust now versus when it was first set up? Listeners will uh, know some of the history of the Trust and uh, King George's Hall and different meetings and, and very much the heart of trying to sort out Venki's. I've been chair for the last two and a bit years and really, my main purpose to begin with was to reconstruct the trust and move away from what was observed as a protest organisation uh, to something that might be regarded as a critical friend of the of the club. Clearly, the Venkis aren't going away, although you could say that every day we live is a day less when they may be in control but then we've got the issue of the debt and everything else like that so the trust is is trying to act as something that uh, safeguards the club yeah and when i say safeguard i mean people will know about us taking a asset of community value over ewood park the actual ground and its environs also trying to get an asset of community value on uh, the training ground, which was not successful for various means, but we're also trying to preserve the heritage of the club. And the 
marketing prospectus is part of our I wish to try and regenerate support and help the club to market itself better. Well, we'll certainly come on to that because um, there's a number of great ideas in there and there's a number of things that I think will resonate with a lot of supporters. And certainly when we put the thread on the forum, I think a lot of the feedback was there. Well, yeah, there's, sure. there's, there's nothing here that you, know, that you couldn't possibly get behind. They're all excellent ideas and we'll, we'll go through those shortly. But how would you describe uh, the trust relations with the club now then and how have they evolved over the last few years? Well, they, they've always been a bit sticky. Um, I would I would regard relations with the club at the moment as good. I speak to the chief exec, Steve Waggett, quite regularly in a constructive fashion about how things are going. Supporters will know that every month our, our season goes in the opposite direction than the previous month. Yes. <laughs> uh, so it's been as topsy-turvy a season as I can remember. But again, I, I, I reiterate that, that view that we want to be a critical friend. There are 650 members of the Trust and the Trust is a community benefit society, which means a bit like the co-op. Yeah. Um, everybody has to pay a membership fee. So therefore... Uh, we've got 650 members, some of whom have been paying the membership of £10 a year for 10 years now or eight years now. Yeah. So relations are, the relations are good, um, but we, th- we still think there are many things that the club could improve on. Yes, I'm sure there are. So that leads us nicely onto the prospectus. So for those that haven't seen it, there is a link on the BRFCS forum. And when we uh, when we publish this, when we drop this podcast, we'll uh, we'll bump that link so you can have a look at the detail. But there are uh, how did it come about then, the prospectus, John? What what was it that crystallised the thought of putting something like this together? Well, I mentioned uh, to you that I, I met with Steve Waggett quite regularly. Yeah. About 15 months ago. I said that the trust had got a number of ideas about marketing the Rovers better and uh, was there a chance of speaking to a group of the marketing department. Mm -hmm. And three of us met eight members of the marketing department, sorry, six members, plus Steve Waggett and and Cheston, the finance director, uh, and we met them. And I did a presentation to them, and a number of those ideas actually came through during the year, like the next generation stand, yeah, like uh, having more ten pound matches. We were totally opposed to the three pound surcharge for people who bought tickets after twelve o'clock. The Waggett tax. That what's called the Waggett tax. And I've been consistent in my opposition to that over the last year. So therefore, in the marketing prospectus, we look at ways of um, the club keeping that £3, but giving giving it back, if you like. So my understanding of that is that the membership scheme enables us to charge differential pricing. Is that the rationale that Steve Waggett uses? Um, or did he not say? No, the, the 1875 club was supposed to give... Sorry, yes, yes. So some, if you're a member of that... Some discounts yes. and, and, and get away around... And that was a way around the um, 
the fact that you can only you can charge the same charge price, the same prices away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think generally that's all a bit of a mess because people joined the 1875 club to get League One yes. away tickets. Fleetwood so Town there was primarily. a surge yeah. of people joining for that so they could get in at Walsall and Fleetwood. I have to say, it's one of, one of the big bugbears of mine is the 1875 club. Uh, but this isn't about <laughs> what irritates but, me. But you see, Ian, I, I never joined the 1875 club. Likewise. I'm a season ticket holder. To Why me, that's I the membership. join something else? Absolutely. That, that's exactly you know. where I stand on this, that if you're a season ticket holder... And the longer you've been a season ticket holder, that should give you your loyalty. That should give you your priority. So whatever scheme needs to be brought in to enable us to charge Sheffield Wednesday and Leeds, for instance, higher prices in the Darwin end, there must be another way around it, but without making it such an administrative burden for home fans. But anyhow, let's get into the prospectus, because these are the these are the sorts of things that, um, that the yeah. trust is putting forward. So there are five headings. Do you want to, to talk us through each one in turn, John? Yeah, there's about there's about 30 ideas under five headings. And obviously, I, I don't want to bore you with all of them. You can you can read them separately. The Rovers are, in many ways, the, the most successful town club in the world. They're certainly the pride of Lancashire. Um, so what are we doing about it? it you know, we, we watch other grounds having logos and and sentences across the uh, stadium we could be doing a lot more so one of the things which the trust thinks we should be doing is doing more in the ewood area yeah i'm leading an initiative for a heritage center at the at the darwin end and around the ground and currently putting together a heritage lottery fund with the club to bring in money to display the archives and uh, heritage of the club. That would mean that we sweat the assets of Ewood Park more round the year. Absolutely. For, for instance, there ought to be a cafe at the, at, at the you know, on the external part of the club. There, are, there probably ought to be a, a, a restaurant as well as the blues bar. In other words, the Ewood area, using all the car parks and everything, just off the motorway, ought to be more of a destination. Yeah. So, so that's part of our initiative. For season ticket holders, I've been a season ticket holder for so many years, but they've never gone on sale early enough. They should be on sale in March uh, when all the other clubs put them on sale, perhaps there ought to be a rolling season ticket. I'm going to renew my season ticket, and I think uh, six or seven thousand of us will do the same. So why not have a rolling season ticket uh, that doesn't stop? So just a, a monthly direct debit, twelve months of the year, I, and just continue. Yeah, with, with it altering like a subscription the, as much as anything else, like the Economist subscription yeah. almost. Yeah. yeah. Um, if we bring a friend, then that should come at a reduced cost. When you when you've spoken with Steve Wagger, what what, what sort of rationale? Or, or let me put it another way, it seems such an obvious thing to sell season tickets as soon as possible, to get the money in, to get the commitment as soon as possible. And the club, has, as you rightly say, have, have, well, certainly in the last 10 years, let's put it that way, have not been particularly good at that. What sense did you get from Steve Waggett of an awareness that that was an issue? And did you get any sort of rationale as to why that had been a problem? I, I do think 
his most difficult task is how to uh, to assess season ticket prices and ticket prices generally. Yeah, football's becoming more of a TV and mobile phone sports. Yes, it it's clear generally that results on the field will determine attendances. Yes. So to use Sam Allardyce's phrase, it's all about marginal improvements. And if we can make marginal improvements in 10 areas, it may have an effect. It might only have an effect on 1,000, 2,000 supporters, but it, it, takes us in the rest, it takes us in the right direction. Yeah. Um, so I think generally... The club is still still finding it incredibly difficult to work out how to pitch season tickets, and the decision making process with India involved is is too slow. Right. So th- they do seem to have a veto, then, do they? Go back to the nineteen eighties and nineteen nineties. It wasn't any better. No. This is not. This is it's not, not a, a recent phenomenon. Of, of of the Venkis era, this is a problem of marketing generally over the last 30 years. They've never gone on sale early. We have to break that. We have to break that cycle and, 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 and get things moving a lot quicker, which uh, is easy, easy for me to say. Say I'm not, I'm not running a, a pretty large company called Blackburn Rovers Football Club. Yeah, it's, it, I mean, I don't, I, I do and I don't envy Steve Waggett's job. In many respects, I'd love to have the job, but the responsibilities that go with it, as you say, are incredibly onerous. So beyond season tickets, then, the, the third yeah. item in the prospectus, John, is talking about the, sort of like the all fans, people who yeah, want that's just season right. tickets. So how, how do we persuade people, how is the trust proposing to persuade people to get down to Ewood? Well, my point about results are important, but... Um, I also think the £10 matches have been important. So let's have three of those each year. Let's have a marketing plan for each of those three matches um, to encourage, to give people vouchers for future matches, um, to encourage them to bring their children. Let's have a loyalty scheme for people who walk on, walk on it just before the match. Yeah. Um, Let's have a 10 game ticket. Do you know, I think that would be terrific. But, but you know, the, the thing about all this is that football nowadays is about getting people to buy season tickets. So everything you do is leading people to that monthly direct debit yes. that pays for a rolling season ticket. Yeah. So, so you need about three or four actions before people decide, oh, I might as well get a season ticket. Yeah. It strikes me as what you're suggesting is is sort of like the the subscription model, as we sort of said. I'm thinking about what the likes of Sky Sports do to entice you in, where they'll they'll offer you one free sports channel. Then it's 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 almost like being a drug dealer, I guess. You know, get get you into get you into the product, get you used to the product, and before you know it, you actually miss it when you don't have it. And I think it, right. the, you know, the next generation thing uh, and getting people into that habit is is something that's absolutely crucial. So next generation is one of the headings in the prospectus. 
So how and Accrington Stanley are, are my role models in this. I have to say, I think Andy Holt talks a tremendous amount of sense and backs it up with actions. What can we do to protect our fan base in Blackburn and move beyond that? We the trust believes that everybody's first experience of football ought to be a trip to Blackburn Rovers. So if you work out, if you work that back, uh, we ought to be inviting schools to to come to matches. Mm-hmm. And make it as possible, uh, as as easy as possible. We then o- we then almost ought to be saying, well, for you to come again, it's five pounds to a to a young kid, uh, but your parent comes free. Yeah, and turn it all on its head. We o- we also think that that would make above the above the Blackburn end a much more. Uh, noise generating thing for for the ground um so the more you can keep that full of people even if they're coming for nothing yeah um the more you've done generally for the for the club and for this habit forming uh, um behavior yeah that's the crucial thing get some get almost like a subliminal link <laughs> with good times and being at Ewood park and then people will come down for their next fix I mean, if if I if I could add to that, then then we suggest a digital, an electronic version of the program yeah. going to all the primary schools yeah. as part of their reading program, yeah. which is even more subliminal than anything <laughs> I've mentioned before. But you'd be surprised how much young kids love love reading things like a program, yeah. And, and and that again works works on it, and, and you could you could then start to develop that by each of the players being allocated to a, a school, getting more involved in the schools, the the staff of, of of Ewood being involved with schools as well, so that we develop this relationship. Um, we all we also say in the uh, prospectus that. Everybody that buys a children's uh, season ticket should get a free shirt. Yep. Um, now we're not saying it should be the current shirt, sorry, or the the future season shirt, and and this is also a good way of, in some ways, disposing of the the old shirts. Yeah. Uh, in in the the amount of kids who use uh, football wear as their as their leisure wear. Absolutely. And that would again be a subliminal way of increasing the uh, the next generation support. Well, I, I, as I said, I do think that Accrington Stanley are way ahead of us in this regard, and Andy Holt giving out um, I think it's the year three pupils. I might be wrong on that. Um, yeah. A shirt, and then keeping the home kit unchanged for three seasons, so that they can pass it on to siblings, uh, and the shirt, the shirt is still a valid one. It's it. it it, obviously, it's a commercial gamble because you're not getting the income necessarily, but they're still changing the away kit, so people that want to buy an away kit can still buy an away kit. Or it could be, uh, if there's any there's any number of freebies that can be given out. It, as you say, it doesn't necessarily have to be the current first 11 shirt or whatever. There could be a special uh, a special Ro- Rovers Juniors shirt or whatever it may be, but just well, something to build that bond. But, but one of the other things were gently working out at the moment with our international supporters is the idea of a fund to buy a season ticket a children's season ticket 
for each school. Ah, right, yeah. And that way, that would act as a, and that that would be used as an incentive for educational or behavioural good a good conduct. Almost. Well, you you would hope that it would be seen as an incentive. There's a horrible. <laughs> there is a joke in there, isn't there? But if you don't behave, I'll make you go to Rovers again next week. But uh, hopefully, it would be seen How as dare an incentive. You. How dare <laughs> Perish you. the thought. Perish the thought. All that. All that's terrific. Um, the last. The last heading in the prospectus is something that's dear to my heart as well. The the, the match day experience. Yeah. Which I think is getting better. But the the you know the ground it doesn't rock these days as it did in the Premier League. Now there's there's obvious reasons for that. If you've got ten thousand fewer people in, um, and and fewer away fans, and and so on and so on and so on. But uh, yeah, for me, putting away fans in the upper tier and the fiasco that we've got with the the, the Preston game coming up at the weekend, yeah. making it difficult for both away and home supporters to buy tickets, doesn't doesn't seem to to lend itself to, to generating a good atmosphere so no, what, what what does the trust propose then as part of the well, match day experience we have as many varied views as as uh, brfcs uh readers yeah i'm i'm completely split in my own mind about the away fans in the upper area because i don't think we're using the lower area well um i'd i'd be using the uh the Darwin end nearest to the main stand as either a neutral area yeah. or or as Huddersfield did, where their main supporters were actually next to the away supporters. Yeah, I don't know whether uh, that's what Huddersfield intended or whether that's what's happened <laughs> due to supporter behaviour. Well, it didn't make for an they, interesting they bit of banter, a, though. Let's put it that way. They almost had a German-style approach to it, and you could tell they'd had a German manager... Um, where all the fans at the end, next to our section, all stayed. Yeah. And I, and I do think our our supporters have become cynical, apathetic. It's a generalisation, and I don't mean to generalise. We, we, we did so well, we seem to expect it to come back. I think that's a generational thing, you know, John. I think, um, dare I say, the, uh, the the supporters that are longer in the tooth that have that have seen Rovers in the third division yeah. on at least two other occasions um, have a different perspective than perhaps um, well, what twenty five years ago, isn't it? So somebody who's in the mid thirties who was a ten year old watching the um, watching the Championship and seeing yeah. us in the Premier League that was that's their norm. My norm at that age was seeing Ken Furphy, Gordon Lee, and desperately trying to claw our way out of the third division. But well, I'm sorry, and I, I watched nearly five FA Cup matches yesterday, and and on some day last week, I, I watched four Premier League matches. I mean, it's it's so it's so TV oriented, very much so. And the goals are on your mobile phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's incredibly difficult. Yeah. For a Championship club. I heard about people turning down free tickets for the Rovers because they were Liverpool supporters. The young kids, they'd never been to a Liverpool match, yeah. but they were Liverpool supporters. Yeah. We can't accept that. Everton wouldn't accept that. Yeah. Uh, there are certain other clubs that wouldn't accept that. We are we are Blackburn Rovers. So so why why in the Clitheroe Advertiser, uh, a renowned Rovers supporting area, it, are there only um, articles about Burnley? 
you know, there are things we can do, but we've got to be smarter. Absolutely. And, and the trust as, as a kind of more professional organisation, meeting monthly of 12 people who, who are possibly over-interested in the Rovers, um, we want to try and do things. So what's what's next then? Or rather, before we get to that, well, where is the prospectus up to? Uh, is is it still a sort of like a working draft, and you're refining yeah. it? Or um, yeah. what, so when does it get finalised, and, and what happens next? I suppose is the key it, question. First of all, this isn't short term, is it? Nothing, nothing that you and I have talked about is short term. When we're not particularly interested in the the pies and the pints and. No, this, and there's and no, there's it, no magic wand to wave. I think there's it's no magic wand exactly. in this, it, and yeah. it's, it is incremental. Yes. So we wanted this to go out to our members for comments. Yep. So that that was the last week before Christmas. We, then there was the wider uh, dissemination of it, and then we will turn it into a final document by the end of January. Right. And then we'll present it to the club. But Steve Waggett's coming to our next meeting of the trust, oh, next okay. board meeting, mm-hmm. right? When, at which time, we'll probably discuss something else, which is a memorandum of understanding between the Rovers Trust and the club, which is quite a different animal in that Premier League clubs and championship clubs, their trusts, their, their, the trust that was set up, yeah. To begin with, thought of buying into the clubs. Mm-hmm. You know, in other words, the Rovers Trust taking a Being 10% a stake in yeah. the Rovers. Yeah. But the reality has moved away from us. Now, particularly the top two divisions, it's like a billionaire's club, isn't it? Well, yes, where, clubs are run by nations. Walker these couldn't days, afford. So, yeah. To, to invest anymore and we definitely don't want to be into the league one and league two where it is possible for the rovers trust to to take a stake in the club so therefore trusts like ours in the premier league and the championship started to say okay we can't do that what can we do mm-hmm. and it's about consultation involvement engagement uh, and things like that. So we're developing that memorandum of understanding, right. which is a very wide document, which allows really ourselves and the club to get involved in anything. So that just codifies the relationship that you will have with the club and how you will yeah. work together, basically. Yeah, and to prove it, we need projects. Yeah. And and the, the museum, the heritage centre, uh, statues, a heritage trail from Blackburn Museum to the to the ground are all part of our, if you like, five-year vision. I think things but, like that are often undervalued. Um, I just think about when I go on holiday and stuff like that, I'm, I'm naturally drawn to a set of floodlights. I find myself walking around uh, foreign absolutely. football stadiums, and if there's a museum, then I'll go in. Yeah, yeah. I make no bones about it. So it, I always felt that it's a shame that my own club doesn't have something like that. Um, and I, I, yeah, whenever I'm in Manchester, I'll wander into the National Football Museum because I just like to look at stuff like that. And well, I, do, I, I do was involved it. in the National Football Museum when it started in Preston. Uh, in Preston. Yeah, uh, and and you can see it. There just wasn't enough 
footfall for it. Yeah, it was it was it's unfortunate because obviously I could see it being the spiritual home and all the rest of it. But I have to say, the building in Manchester, I think, is excellent, and the way that they they continually rotate the uh, the exhibits is it's when Mrs H is uh, is shopping, shall we say? It gives me at least an hour or two's respite to go and uh, to go and have a look round. I must have been in there at least a dozen times. But it is excellent. So uh, that all sounds really, really great, John. It sounds like the, the, the Trust has found a new niche for itself and is, is moving forward. Uh, it'd, be, it'd be great to, uh, to, to keep it front and centre and certainly uh, whatever BRFCS can do to help disseminate that message. As I say, the, the thread on the forum received a universal uh, positive feedback because there's nothing in there that, you know, that isn't a good idea and as you say it's it's so frustrating that so many of those things uh, haven't, haven't come to pass but uh, i wish you well with the initiative do keep us involved and we'll uh, we'll get you on future uh, future episodes to update us as, as and when but uh, good luck with it i i do think that there is still time to comment on those 30 ideas okay and and particularly if we've missed any, because because the key thing is that we need uh, support for those ideas rather than people sniping from the side. Yeah, it'd be much uh, nicer to unite behind something positive yeah. than constantly criticise. Uh, yeah, is uh, is a difficult thing to do, but if you can do it, then it becomes very powerful. I, I, I can't stress enough. It is the most difficult thing that our club has to do. I agree. And this isn't the first management that's uh, that's that's failed on it. The only management that seems to have had a, a grasp of of Blackburn and its community and the uh, and the 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 chromosomes we have uh, is probably the John Williams Tom Finn era. Definitely, yeah. And they were in the lucky period. Yes. You know. This is this is a more difficult and more competitive period. It certainly is. As you say, there's a lot of um, competition for people's time, for money. And uh, there is a new generation growing up, as you say, which is used to looking at the phone and watching gold clips. Uh, I, did, I did, I think it was on one of the Guardian podcasts a few months ago. They were talking about how long will it be before football is reduced from a 90-minute sport? Because people's attention spans can't yeah. last ninety minutes. They think, well, God, I hope I'm, I hope I'm long gone when they start tinkering with things like that. Because people well, can't sit around for ninety minutes. I, I, I've watched from hotel bedrooms in various places when I've been on business matches in places like uh, United Arab Emirates. Yeah, and it's and there are more there are more people on the pitch than there are in the crowd. Yes, yes, you know. And and football without supporters is not is not football as I want it or recognise it. No, I do wonder if in the in the very top leagues they, they will end up sort of like. Um, well, I think it already happened in Spain, didn't it? Where you were, you paid a fine if the stand facing the TV cameras wasn't full because it ruined the uh, the spectacle for the TV viewer. And VAR, let's not get onto VAR, but that is definitely aimed at the TV viewer, not the uh, not the fan in the stand. Correct. But anyhow, Correct. there we go. John, it's been great to talk to you. Thank you very much for giving up your time. Uh, the Prospectus, I recommend that people read it. As I say, there's a link on the, on the BRFCS forum. Uh, so we'll give that a bump so you can have a look at it. And Thanks. as John says, any good ideas that people have got that aren't already in the prospectus, then uh, there are contact details in there to drop an email. I'm sure if yeah. you add something to the thread, you'll, you'll pick that up. But thanks very much once again, John. It's been a pleasure yeah, having you thank, on. Th- thanks for uh, airing it. And uh, 
Come on you blues, particularly in January. Army Army. <laughs> Something like that. Thanks, Cheers. John. Cheers. And special thanks, of course, to the Gunners in the Symmetry Band for all the music used in this and all of our episodes. <laughs>